God is good to us, and uh, we can be happy or we can be sad, but whatever you're going through, just know you're going to go through it. You're going to get to the other side of whatever's going on. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it seems like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but all we have to do is look at our history. We have a history with God. We have a history with God. And so we, we want to honor that history and be, uh, be uh, lifted up by that history that, that we have with God. We have a history of God's faithfulness, all of us. We have a history of God's faithfulness, and it's not going to change. I want us to, to think about the day in which we live, but I don't want us to be saddened by it and, and lose hope because of it. But I've been talking about this new normal. I remember when COVID came, everybody was talking about a new normal. We're going to live in this new, new period of time, and, um, and uh, it's never going to be what it used to be. Well, on one hand, I'm glad that it won't be what it used to be. On the other hand, I would say for all of us who are in Christ, God has already given us a new and permanent normal. And, and so that means that, that what heaven is, we are to be on the earth. We are to be that on the earth. I hear teachers and preachers saying, well, when we talk about the lofty things of God, they'll say, well, we can't do that. We can't reach that. And I, I like that. How is it that I'm a preacher of hope, but yet I diminish hope uh, that I feel that, that there is no expectation here, that that's wrong. And I want to just take up in part three of a new uh, normal part two. That is for us. That is, you and I have laid hold of, apprehended God's reality. Because of what the Father has done through Jesus Christ, his Son, we have a kingdom normal. It's not the world's normal. It's not the world's way. Since it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, now this is what, what the Scripture says, it is, fear not, little flock, Jesus' own words, it is your Father's good pleasure. In other words, it brings him extreme joy to give you right now the kingdom. Jesus wasn't promising that God is just going to give you a kingdom later on. It's, the kingdom has come. The Scripture teaches us that the kingdom of God is within us. Or you can say in that same verse in Luke that the kingdom of God is in our midst. So when Jesus Christ is in the heart, the kingdom has come. Now, it's going to also come in another day when Jesus comes here physically. He comes to, to see us. He comes to rescue us. Yes, the kingdom is going to come in that way. But we don't have to wait on that event. We don't have to wait on that day. The kingdom has already come in our hearts. We must experience it. So Jesus says that it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Therefore, we must possess the kingdom now and not copy the world's ways and standards. It's terrible that which is sick and dying wants to impress us and convince us that it is the right way. It is sick and dying, and, and so many of us are fooled by it. Our lives must not exemplify that, quote-unquote, non-normal, <laughs> but our lives must be a display of heaven itself. We can bring the norms of God's kingdom to bear upon everything in our sphere. Amen. Now, it, it, sometimes our hearts might break. 
And I know our hearts break. Sometimes our hearts break because we have unrealistic expectations. But sometimes our heart breaks because others around us, those whom we love, don't want God's reality. So there's something to be said about the new normal for the believer. The new normal is, has been the normal since Jesus came. Kingdom conduct and language. I will talk a little bit about kingdom conduct and language. Kingdom conduct has to do with how we comport ourselves. Do we comport ourselves like a cool daddy in the world, you know, who just has the name Jesus? Or do we comport ourselves the way Jesus comported himself? In Ephesians chapter 4, 29, Paul tells us, Ephesians 4, 29, Paul tells us, let no corrupt word or communication proceed out of your mouth. Don't let it. So what Paul is saying, don't let it happen. What Paul is saying to us is that we are the gatekeeper. We are the gatekeeper. We can say, no, you will not say that. Don't let any corrupt word or communication proceed out of your mouth. But, and so what did we, we learn here? But changes what? Direction. The direction. Say it with confidence. But changes the, the direction. So here he says, but what is good for necessary edification. So he says that edifying each other is a necessary part of who we are. And so he says, but what is good? So we are to let only that which is good come out of our, our mouths. And this is what he goes on to say, for necessary edification. Why? That it may do something. What? The words of our mouth. May impart grace to the hearers. Yes. So our responsibility is to be dispensers of the grace of God. We are to be dispensers of the grace of God. Uh, I, I've been growing in, in my walk with the Lord just ever since I've been saved. And I've noticed in the last several years, it seems like I've grown more than I've ever. And I, and I always thank God for longevity. Of course, I, you know, some of you, when you think about 86 years, I mean, I'm, not, I'm still a baby, right? But, but I thank him for longevity because I've, I've learned things that I didn't know when I was younger. He says here that you and I are dispensers of the grace of God to those who hear. So what he's saying is, and what I have learned, is that I don't have to say everything that knocks on the door of my mind. I don't have to say, you say, well, it, it took, how long did it take you? Well, it's been incremental. You know, you know, it's not like I never knew, but I, even more and more. You know, when they say, my wife and I we would always kind of make jokes about um, uh, aging. You know, we would sometimes uh, talk about some of the uh, some of the, the things you see. Some older, when we were younger, we saw older people. They just say anything. You know, whatever they what do they want to tell you, they just tell you. So what, what are these people t doing? And, and I, think, I think we would say, well, they, they are closer to the door, and they'll just say whatever they want to say. <laughs> but there's something positive about that. When you, when you speak it, are speaking good to somebody. And so what I find is that, is that the older I get, the more good I speak, but I speak it with the, by the wisdom and with the wisdom of God. Grace to the hearer. Grace to the hearer. So your job is grace to the hearer. Amen? So let's give grace to the hearer. When you really want to tell them what's really on your old mind, 
No. No, but because you, not, you and I now have a new mind. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, the thinking of Christ. We have, we have all of Christ's being and words to give to others. And, and let's look at Colossians 3, 8 and 9. Colossians 3, 8 and 9. And I like to give all these witnesses when I preach uh, uh, oftentimes. I like to give you a lot of witnesses so you don't think, oh, it's, it's Pastor Don's uh, own view, it's own, his own opinion. I can't stand there when people say that. Can y'all pray for me? I can't. Well, well, thank you for your opinion. No, this is right out of the book, the objective truth of God. I'm reading it. Listen, let's listen to it. But now you yourselves are to put off these. So Paul tells the Colossians, and he thus he tells us, he said, you are to put off these. That is, there's an old person there. This, you know, I'll give you my little example. The new man, bigger, old shrimp over here, that wants to be in control, wants to inform you how to speak. And as Paul says, you yourself, so the new you, the, the, the person you are in Jesus Christ, he says, you have abilities you've not used. Can, can you and you, I just really get that? You have abilities that you have not even used. He says, you are able to do this. You are to put off all, all these. Put, you have to put out all of them. Now listen, anger. <laughs> I know it hit somebody. Wrath, that hit somebody else. Malice, that hit somebody else. Blasphemy. And, and so what is, what is it we, we're talking about? Anger, temper, agitation of the soul. Somebody agitated you so you let them have it. Impulse, violent emotions. Some, some of us just emotional. We're emotional when people, we don't like things, but very non-emotional when we come to church. It's, it's indignation. I'm indignant about that. It's anger that, ex ex that is exhibited in punishing. So you want to punish somebody now with your words. And so, and so this is what we're to put off, anger, wrath, fierceness. Have you ever seen anybody get upset? Now, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But somebody get up, gets upset and they start to breathe heavily. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I mean, so you're getting ready to receive wrath. You know, that's what the original word means. So fierceness, heavy breathing. And so he says, put off malice, ill will, a desire to injure, wickedness, depravity, wickedness that is not ashamed to break the law. So we see, we see that. We see that. We see that even in our day, don't we? We see that when you turn on television. We see that when you watch the news. Yeah. Can we can't ignore it? But some of us want to ignore it. I don't ignore it. It doesn't matter where it comes from, the left or the right, or even my own family. Amen. My friends. Amen. Yeah, let's don't ignore it. Why? Because this is kingdoms, the kingdom's normal. And then he says here, um, filthy language out of your mouth. I can't help it. That's what somebody might say. Well, I, I've just always had a foul mouth, and, and I've made a peace treaty with it. No, your new normal is you're a new person. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, not just uh, turned over a new leaf. No, you're not 
somebody who's just doing the best you can with what you've got. No, you're a new person. You have entered into God's history. You have God's spirit in you. You have God's spirit in you. Come on. That's why the Bible says no weapon formed against you can prosper. It didn't say that just because you went down the island, shook a preacher's hand. No, you've got the spirit of God in you. You have the life of God. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Why? Because there's no weapon that can uh, uh, defeat God in any regard. That's what the Bible is saying. But see, we feel like the scripture is saying sort of. <laughs> you know, you sort of have the spirit. No. You can stop it. You're a new, you're the new humanity. You can say no to it. Did, did it feel good when you say it? So you have to ask. So Paul is talking about a people group, which we are, that presents heaven on a daily basis. That's what he's talking about. We present heaven on a daily basis, not as long as we feel like it, but when we don't feel like it. Because there's a there's a that little part of us. When Jesus comes, that old person is going to totally drop off. And because John tells us in, in uh, First John, he says, when he is revealed, we are going to be like him. Why? Because at that moment, we're going to see him as he is. And John is telling us there's something about seeing him that changes us. So what we are saying when we are walking around, just like other sinners in the world, other sinners in the world, we have not fully seen him. Perhaps we are myopic. We're short-sighted. We don't have good vision. Yeah. Oh, wow. I should preach a little easier, gentler. Yeah. Yeah. So filthy language out of your mouth means vile conversation. Filthy communication. You know, I, I, I told you a story. Uh, let me tell you quickly again. Because huh? just before the newcomers. But it's one of my favorite stories uh, that, that I tell about myself. Um, I was trying to, quote unquote trying, to walk a holy life when I was in the oil business, oil field, right? Uh, I wanted to walk a holy life. And, and I was just talking to God about it. And I said, God, I'm just so reticent to say something to some of these guys. They're just so fierce, you know. I don't, if I talk about you, blah, blah, blah. So he, I said, make me bold. And he said to me, use the boldness you, you've got. So I just used it. Was, I tell you, it was a tad. It was a little bit, but I used it. And I found out that I was more bold. And I would say things. I didn't just act like I'm, I'm so pious and don't talk like that in front of me. No. Some guy cut, uh, used a bad word, cussed, some cuss words, and, and uh, he, said, he said to me, he said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, because he knew I was a young preacher. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, oh, God, don't worry about me. I said, you sit in front of God every day. <laughs> Shock therapy, shock therapy. So I, I walked in, a, in an office one day, and a field office, and I was in there to, to do some paperwork, make some phone calls. And um, uh, this, uh, this guy said, hey, he saw me, just saw me. I guess I looked like, you know, you know slapped me around or something. I don't know. And, and he saw me and said, hey, let me tell you this joke. And he, he was telling me this. He, I said, no, 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 sir. I, I, don't, I don't, my head's not big enough to take in good things and bad stuff, so no, thank you. He said, oh, let me tell you this joke. I said, no, no, I, I don't, I'd rather not. He said, I'm going to tell you the joke. 
And so, you know, I, I grabbed his hand, and I held him tightly. I remember that. And, and I told you a story not too long ago. And I grabbed his hand, and I held it tightly, and he started telling me a joke. Really, in my natural man, I probably would fall on the floor. It was so funny, but I was asking God to hold me, Jesus, you know. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus held me, man. And so when he finished, I was watching, looking at my watch, and he finished at about 65 seconds or something like that, 62, 65 seconds. And so when he finished, I started to pray. I did, and I prayed for him. I did that more more uh, times than I could count, uh, but or remember. But I, but this was special because this guy, tall, thin, lean guy, his name was his nickname was Hawk, and he started to shake when I was doing it. I was praying. He started to shake. I, no no kidding. And it was like he was. It was it was not. He couldn't get out of my grip. But, but I don't think that's what it was. And he was shaking and, 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 and uh, jerking. And my old friend it told him, he said, Hawk, don't, don't do it because he's going to do what he said. And because the reputation it built, why? Because I was living it out even in a hostile environment. I'm not boasting in me. I'm boasting in the Christ in us. The Christ in us. Because when you can see the adversaries has the, the ground, he has the high ground, he has the middle ground, he has the low ground, and you don't have to go low with him. Yeah. And I remember whole hawk was jerking and jerking. And when I looked at it, I cut it mine a little short because I didn't want to go overtime because I had demanded in the workspace equal time. I said, you can do whatever you want to, but I demand equal time. If you're going to talk ugly, I'm going to talk righteously. And I didn't, not just something naturally, but righteously. Come on, that's what, that's what, who we are. You know, Paul got beat for that. You know, Peter uh, was hung upside down, the, the story goes. You know, uh, James lost his head. That is, they cut his head off for that. And here we are, afraid. And joining the world system. Well, Hawk jerked the loose. I let him go at about 60 seconds or 62. And he jerked. And he said, we understand each other. And he walked out of the place. <laughs> yeah. This is what God wants to do in your life. This is, now, this is how you get there. In Ephesians 4, verse, let's start at verse 23, and we'll go as far as we can. Ephesians 4, 23. So, this is kingdom normal, is, is, uh, is that your conduct and language must change. Your conduct and your language must change. Because we are representing Christ. We are representing heaven. Amen. Amen. So this is our normal. From the time we were saved, this is what's normal for us. You don't have a right to be angry and wrathful and then call it correction. <laughs> Let's look at verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. And so, what he's saying is, this new man is created, sure, by God, yes, but coming down from God, godly character, character God, godly characteristics. Yes, God normal. What heaven is like, that's what God has offered us. I think, I think that when we see him, we will, a lot of us will be crying and bawling. We'll be saved, but we'll be crying and bawling at the judgment seat of Christ because we'll realize how we shortchanged God 
and even ourselves by living according to the principles of this world. I want to be totally severed from it. Let's look at verse 25. He says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And this, is, this is so beautiful. I think we've gone over it too quickly in times past. This is what he's saying. You know, just think we are a body here. Now, think, look at, see the whole body, the body here, and then your individual body. What would it look like if your right hand was lying to your left hand? What would it look like if your legs lied to your chest? You know, that's how gross it is. That's how gross it is. So, what he's saying to us is that God's standard is much higher than we have, I think, walked in on a consistent basis. So, he says, we are members of one another. He says, so don't lie to your, your brother. Don't lie to your sister. Don't act crazy to your, you know, toward your brother or your sister. No. Rebuke yourself first. Rebuke yourself first. He says, be angry and do not sin. Did you, did you know that's possible? See, be, being angry and not sinning doesn't mean that you tell people everything you want to, but you put a fixed smile on your face. You know what I'm saying? I, I imagine if I were to ask people to raise their hand, you wouldn't raise your hand because you know that that's how you do it. <laughs> Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, so what he's saying is, okay, you may have been tempted, you may have failed, and gotten out of sorts and said crazy stuff that you shouldn't have said. No Christian should have said it. He said, but don't let the sun go down. I, I, I've told you this story as well. Um, I, I saw it when I was a kid. Um, my, my dad was just a, a great model for, for a husband and a father. He was a great model for it. I didn't always think that when I was young. I used to, used to try to encourage him to punch people. I didn't do it all the time. <laughs> but I remember a couple of three times I said, Dad, you should have punched him. You just should have punched him, Dad. You know, and, and so dad would smart laugh and say, oh, no, son, I can't do that. He would do that. But, I, but on this wrath thing, I, I used to hear dad and mom say, dad would say, honey. I was, uh, he always called my mom honey. You know, I'm su surprised that we didn't grow up calling my, our mother, hey, honey. You know, <laughs> he always called her honey. And she called him honey. But, but uh, he said, honey, I just want you to know if I've done anything today, to upset you in any way. I just want you to know I'm really sorry. I never meant to if I did anything. Oh, oh, honey, you haven't done anything to hurt me today, but honey, if I've done anything to hurt you, would you please forgive me? I heard that all my life. Yeah. <clears throat> so, this is kingdom for all of us. Does it seem unreachable? It's not unreachable. Because of the Christ life, Christ in you, the hope of glory. God knew that if I get my son in them, I'll change them para siempre. Forever and ever. Por los siglos a los siglos. That's what he says. That's what this is about. Wow. And then he says to those people who are clefty, you know that word clefty? It's, a, it's an Arabic word that means steal. Clefty. 
And so he says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. You know, my wife's statement, every dollar that comes into your, your pocket is not yours. Every, every one that comes into your hand is not yours. You know, it doesn't have just your name on it. You know, and so he says, he says, here he says, let, let the person who was a thief no longer be a thief, but labor, working with your hands or what is good. Like, go to work. Find a good a job that he may have something to give himself. No, to give to anybody who is in need. So God is saying, I want to I put something in your pocket, in your wallet, and it's not all yours. And you find somebody in need, you walk up to them, and you kind of secretly do that and just go about your business, and then they'll secretly do that. Now, if somebody shakes my hand and I do this, this doesn't mean that they just gave me something. <laughs> All right. But he says, work so that you will help others. You'll be able to help others through your labor. You don't, you're not there to judge. I told you the story, too. Some of my stories are so good, I tell them 50 times. So I, I was, was preaching like this on one Sunday morning, and um, I, I, left to, I left the church and was going home. I was driving by myself. Probably my wife had come in her own vehicle. And so I was driving home, and I talked in my sermon about, about us giving these people who say, we'll work, you know. We'll work for food or something like that. And, and I, I, I said, give them something just to rebuke that stingy spirit in you. You know, you know, you, 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 you know, you and I have that stingy spirit, but we don't want to give them. Well, they ought to go to work. Well, the Bible says work with your hands so you can give somebody who has need. And, and those people do, they have need. Why? They need to see Christians being Christians. That's a need. That's a need. So, so here I am. I'm, I'm driving home. I get to the corner of Saratoga and, and uh, Everhart, and I see a homeless guy out there. Wait, uh, wait. Uh, with a sign. So I thought, well, I said, oh, my goodness. I said, there's this guy. I said, it's time for me to practice. And so I got my wallet out, and I didn't have anything lower than a 20. <laughs> and so I thought, I thought, I don't know. I didn't mind five or 10. I thought, I don't know about this 20. And that guy looked in my window, and he said, hey, I know you. You're that preacher. I, I laughed. I thought, God, you're so good. <laughs> you're so amazing. So I gave him the 20 and drove off. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, that's what we ought to do. Give those who have, who have need. Now, he says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification. We read it again. That it may impart grace to the hearer and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, he says, to, he's talking to the believers. He says, this is what your normal ought to be. You ought to be a, a life changer. You are a life changer because God has changed your life. He says here, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means, this is amazing. It means you can make God sad. Man, can, can I tell you that breaks my heart? I wonder how many times I've made God sad. No, I've never, I've never been stingy. Never been stingy. Never, ever. But I wonder how many times I've made God sad. 
by my attitude toward others. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to impart grace to people. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So God's seal is upon you. I don't want people to see God's seal on me and I'm acting unseemly. Wow. Wow. Then he says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. What a, what a, what a mountain to climb sometimes. What a mountain to climb sometimes. I want to, Lord. I want to. I want every believer in the house to just examine yourself. You're under the spotlight of God. I remember when I was a boy growing up in the church I went to, I've talked about this church a lot to you. And I remember they were saying the church was not as big as one of these sections here. Not quite. And uh, they would sing a song. It would come out of the corner, sinner, you can't hide. Come out of that corner, sinner. You can't hide. They said, the light done come. The light has come. The light done come. I said, bad grammar, but good doctrine. The light has come. You can't hide. And this is where I believe God has brought his church. This church, which we are. He's brought us to a place where we can no longer hide by the doctrines of men and about being less than what heaven is. Heaven is an amazing place. In the last several years now, when I discovered audio Bible, I I listen all the time to the word of God and there's nothing more beautiful. And I'm listening to what heaven is about. It's not about pretense. It's not about us giving it a puny effort because all that we are and all that we can do, all that we are able to do comes through the enablement that Christ has given to us. That's what it comes from. I'm going to read very quickly as I come to this close here. I come to this close in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read these uh, verses 1 through 7. He says, Paul says to the Ephesians, and thus he says to us, I want all of us to be really strong in the Lord. I want us to not be fake. You know, the young kids always talk about fake. Let's don't be fake. Sometimes they say they don't want to go to church because they they see us as fake. They see us really nice in church, but when they see us on the street, they see us being rude to people. And they say they're fake well, there's no fake here. Amen. And I, there should not be any fake there. It's up to you to speak about that. Amen. This is what Paul says. We're not to imitate the world. He says, therefore, be imitators of God yes. as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. We have to give ourselves to people who deserve it and those who don't. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And you and I, the Paul told us that we are to live every day as a, we are to present every day or be in every day a living sacrifice. 
So that means that you die to yourself today and you wake up in the morning and you have another opportunity to die to yourself and to present heaven's normal. He said, you're a sweet-smelling aroma to God. And God goes, I like that selflessness. Mm. That's what God does. He says, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's what he asked. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to come back in just a second, a few seconds, a few, a couple of minutes, and I want to ask you to give your heart to Jesus. And, and we're going to do that. We'll take a few more minutes. I ask you to give your heart to Jesus. I want you to give your heart to Jesus if you're here and you've not. Now, if you've given your heart to Jesus, but in some area you're struggling, we'll have a time for a little prayer. And I'm going to ask those who come, the prayer ministers and elders, if you come up, you can't spend like five minutes on, on, on somebody. You know, you can, you can give them your phone number. But we're going to pray for you if you'd like that. Okay? Sister Stephanie.